What's going on, everybody? This is none other than your host, Enrico Amberster, and you're tuned in to another episode of the Speaker Secrets Podcast. Welcome in. Make yourself comfortable. Whether you are a new listener or a returning listener, it is a pleasure to have you tuned into the Speaker's Secrets today. And the reason why this podcast is, exists is because it's an amazing resource for you to tap into when it comes to improving your public speaking and your communication. But even more importantly, here we focus on improving our self-worth, our perception of ourselves, our self-love, our competencies. And I'm so excited because my guest today is the perfect person to do that. And based on our conversation, we hit all of those points and we're so aligned. I love her energy. I love what she stands for. And I'm excited because today's guest is Ramona J. Smith. And in 2018, she was named the world champion of public speaking. That means that she was named the best speaker on earth. Essentially, she beat out 30,000 speakers in a competition to be named the world champion or the best speaker in 2018. And aside from that, she is a consultant, she's a coach, she's an author, but she's a really incredible down-to-earth person and someone who has a lot of value. And so I'm so excited to really get into this conversation that she and I have had and to have you all listen to that. You know, she's been on Forbes and Business Insider and ABC News, and now she is on the Speaker's Secrets podcast. So I'm going to get into this conversation with the world champion of public speaking, Miss Ramona J. Smith. Make sure that you tune in, take some notes, and enjoy all of the great value that Ramona has to give. Hi, Ramona. Welcome to the Speaker Secrets podcast. Hi, thank you so much, Adrico. It's nice to be here. I am so excited to have this conversation with you. I'm thrilled that you are here. So let's get started. Why don't you tell our audience just a little bit about yourself, where you're from, who you are, and what you're all about? I am Ramona J. Smith. I'm most known for being the 2018 World Champion of Public Speaking with Toastmasters International. For those of us who are unfamiliar with Toastmasters International, it is a nonprofit organization that helps people become better speakers and better leaders. Every single year, they have a contest, an international speech contest with about 30,000 competitors. And there is only one that can be the champion. And in 2018, I outlasted 30,000 people to get that title, to earn that title. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, but now I live in Houston, Texas. I have a bachelor's in public relations with a minor in marketing, and I'm about halfway through an executive MBA. I'm also the founder of the Ladybug Speaker LLC, which is a speaking company. We help transform lives using the power of words. I do public speaking coaching, life coaching. I'm an author. I authored a world champion's guide to public speaking, 10 optimal tips to master the art of public speaking, as well as a tangible book called 
Shine, Sister Shine. That was actually my first book that I published in, I think, 2012. But I am a professional speaker, inspirational speaker, motivational speaker, transformational speaker, whatever they're calling it these days. (laughs) I know that my gift is to inspire with my words. Most definitely. And before we started this recording, we've had the opportunity just to talk and chop it up a little bit. And you're an inspiration to me. Uh, Like you said, one of your your most recent accomplishments, I would say, is your 2018 win, where you were crowned as the world champion of public speaking. Like you said, you beat out 30,000 speakers, and that's an incredible feat. But before we talk about that and get into that, I really want to know what inspired you to get into the public speaking space anyway? Like, how did you get this entire journey started to begin with? To begin with, I never knew that public speaking or professional speaking was a career choice or a career path. I had never known anyone who had done it. I had never even been exposed to professional speaking. And I've always liked to be the center of attention, basically. I know that's kind of crazy or (laughs) arrogant or or narcissistic, but I I always loved being on stage. As a kid, I loved to host talent shows as well as be in the talent shows. I love to participate in like cheerleading because I get to dance in front of an audience and cheer in front of an audience. I, I love drama club because I get to be on stage in front of an audience. Like I never had a fear of speaking. I never had stage fright. I always wanted to be the one entertaining. And I actually moved to Los Angeles because I thought I wanted to be a model. I thought that I wanted to be a model because I had a little bit of height and a lot of beauty. And I went out there and every I had like a paradigm shift. And I realized that I would not be able to make a huge impact just walking up and down a runway. And there's a million, probably tens of millions of beautiful women who are much taller and, and much more beautiful. But they don't have the same skill that I have. And so that's when my sister told me that, well, you have this gift with speaking. Why don't you join Toastmasters? I had never heard of Toastmasters before. And once I joined Toastmasters, I'm like, yes, this is what Mm. I want to do. This is who I am. Like, how can I just uh, nourish and and nurture this gift? And and I've been a part of the organization for 12 years now. So that's where I started. Okay, so at what point during those 12 years did you say, you know what, I want to compete because I'm in Toastmasters as well. And that's something that I talk about a lot on this podcast. I think it's a vastly underrated resource. But some people go to Toastmasters to improve their English. Some want to become more proficient as salesperson and then you salespersons. And then you have those people that are like, you know what, I want to compete. I want to be on the world stage. So what spawned that for you? When I initially joined Toastmasters, I had no idea about the competition. Now, the president of my club, Amy Ayano, who ended up being my speaking guru, she would mention it every now and then because that's before I even had a name for my company. But she was like, you need to brand yourself. You need to figure out who you want to be so that when people see you on the stage, they're they're going to say, OK, we, we don't remember her name, but that's blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I found out that I wanted to be the ladybug speaker, which I'm not even known as now. I'm just Ramona. But um, <laughs> she had mentioned it a few times. Like, do you want to be on a world stage? But at that point, I just wanted to 
start speaking frequently. And so I moved back home to Cleveland and I joined a corporate club because the first club I joined, it was called the Dreamcatchers. It was very artistic. It was very creative. Amy was very eccentric. She was like this small Asian woman who would come to our meetings dressed in kimonos. And she would start every meeting like, welcome fellow Toastmasters. You know, it was that, it was like dramatic. Sure. And then I moved back home to Cleveland and I joined a corporate club, which is the complete opposite. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. So right. I joined this corporate club and the corporate club was all about professionalism. And when it was all about improving and it was it was something that I wasn't really used to. But I'm like, mm-hmm. let me get both sides of the Toastmasters world. Let me get the corporate side because I already have the creative side. And let me just merge the two. So wow. once I got to this club, it's called the Cleveland Club. I got to the Cleveland Club and I'm like, I know I'm a great speaker, but how can I take my skills to the next level? Yeah. And then one of the, my members um, mentioned joining uh, the competition, competing. Like, have you ever competed? I'm like, no, I never competed before. Consider competing. So that's why I started to compete because I wanted to sharpen my skills and see what the best speakers were doing so that I can become a better speaker. That's awesome. So when you, because your your speech on the 2018 stage was called Still Standing. And yeah. you talked about how you had participated in the competition maybe a few years prior. You won at a few levels, like the club level, the area level, and the division level, I believe. But you didn't make it all the way. This time you did. So when you participated in the 2018 competition, did you set out to win? Or did you approach it from a mindset of like, hey, you know what? Whatever happens, I'm doing this to sharpen my skills. So what's your approach when it comes to competition and just really sharpening your skills? What was your mindset going into this? Well, I had to learn some lessons. I competed in 2015 and I had beginner's luck. I had never competed before, but as you mentioned, I won at the club area and division level. And by me already knowing, like, I'm a great speaker. This is my passion. I, I'm, I'm great at speaking. Why wouldn't I win? I kind of went in with my ego first. Okay. Then during the district competition, when I placed third, <laughs> it was it was devastating because I was mm-hmm. ego driven. Then in 2016, I came back with that same attitude. I'm a great speaker. Why, why wouldn't I win? And that's something that I, we're probably going to touch on later. But just because you're a great speaker doesn't mean you're a great competitive speaker because there's a ballot. There are judges and there are for, there's a formula. You have to understand that it's not it's not just all about because you can get on a stage and speak for five to seven minutes without saying, yeah. um or, you know. In gotcha. 2018, I was in Houston. So this is my third club, the Cypher Super Speakers. When I came to Houston, I was a new woman. I had earned my degree finally. My son was thriving. I was living with my sister and my brother-in-law as I transitioned from this late bloomer. And now I'm becoming a professional. Finally, I didn't have a lot on the line as far as I need this so bad. Whereas in 2015, it was like, I just need this win because I just want to show everybody that I'm great. At that point, it was like, I just got my degree. I moved to Houston. I'm making major moves. So I didn't put so much weight on the win and the trophy. It wasn't like my whole... What's yeah. the word I'm looking for? My whole image depended on this win because I'm like, no, it, it wasn't a confidence thing. Yeah, it wasn't something that I needed to boost my confidence or my self esteem because it's like I'm already live. Like I don't got my degree. I'm in Houston. Yeah. I'm good. 
then I, I said, well, you know, I know that I'm a great speaker, but let me come in humbly and say, look, I know I'm a great speaker, but where can I improve? I just want to yeah. go in here, learn, grow and have fun. So that's the energy that I took in in 2018. Let me just learn, grow and have fun. Of course, I'm going to give my best. Of course, mm -hmm. I know it's a competition, but I'm not just here to win. And that's just for me how the universe works. Uh, yeah. Common is a rapper. He's an American rapper. And he always says, you would have got it if you never would have stressed it. That mm -hmm. means you are acting upon certain things out of desperation. You're yeah. pushing it away from you. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're, like, you're pushing it further away from you. Whereas if you don't put too much energy into it, don't think about it too much, that's when it naturally flows to you. And that's what happened in 2018. Wow, that resonates so much with me. And I'm sure if you're tuning in, it does resonate with you as well. Because when I'm listening back to this, I'm going to listen to that part like, listen, <laughs> she's speaking. She's preaching right now. <laughs> okay, so you're on the 2018 stage. And I definitely encourage everybody that's tuning in to go to YouTube and watch this performance. Personally, it was extremely inspiring to me because I felt like you had a bit of everything. You you had storytelling, you had highs, you had lows. No matter what country you came from, you could relate to the message. And you also had humor, which is extremely important when you're delivering some content that is extremely serious to deliver it in a very lighthearted way. It's amazing. And it's no surprise to me that you won. Um, but something that did surprise me, I was watching an interview of yours and you mentioned that that speech that you gave, which was the world's class winning speech, you had just prepared like the night before, maybe the day before. It was something that was almost impromptu. So what really prompted that? How did you get to this competition? You already beat out 30,000 people and you create a speech the night before. <laughs> what talk me through that? That's that's amazing to me the speech actually was a revamp of a speech that I had given previously called unbreakable mm. when I was preparing for the final stage I had to have a completely different speech than what I had given from the club level all the way up to the semifinals level now before you even get to the final stage and after the district level that's when you want to start working on that next speech okay. I had already written a speech and, and you know what right now the name of that speech is slipping away from me I think it was like life lessons or lessons learned or something like that and I, I wrote that speech in my living room by myself and I'm like well this is a great speech it has a great message this mm -hmm. is going to be my second speech I typed it up had the outline and everything ready to go however once I won at the semifinals level and I got to experience the audience you know, this yeah. is before COVID. So we're face to face. We're in person. I'm feeling the vibe. I'm feeling the energy. I knew that the speech that I had written by myself in my home from my own perspective without a true audience in mind, I knew that wasn't going to resonate with this particular audience because yeah. we have to keep in mind that these are people from hundreds of different countries. <laughs> yeah. For and sure. when you're in your living room by yourself in Houston, Texas, Mm -hmm. as, as big as you can try, especially if you've never been to the semifinals or the finals before, as big as I can try to expand my mind, it's not going to be the same as when I'm actually in front of all these people. Yeah, <laughs> and I, did, exactly. I didn't hire a coach. I didn't hire a previous world champion. I kind of did it on my own. 
And so once I got the vibe from the crowd, I'm like, okay, they like humor and they like this and they like that. Whatever speech I had, is not going to work. I got to scratch it. If I want to win, I got to scratch it. And that's, that's, that's what I did. It was scary at first because it's like, I have nothing. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I had, uh, a, a, I had yeah. a wonderful team who helped me to figure it out. Heidi Caperton, I, I always mention her. She told me to go home and, and take a nap. Don't even think about it. It's the same thing we just talked about. If I, I would have stressed it, it would have been a horrible speech. But she said, go home. Don't think about it. The next day I woke up and bam, still standing happened. That's amazing. I definitely appreciate that perspective. And I want to ask you, I'm sure once you won, there was, and this is just my assumption, that after you won, there was a lot of publicity that came with it. There's a lot of glitz and glamour. And people really didn't have insight into how hard you worked to get there. Or even some months or years after that, they're just thinking that, hey, it, it's easy. You, you've already gotten the title, so that's it. You can travel and don't have to worry about all of these ins and outs because you've essentially made it. But I want to find out from you, like, what's a misconception that people have about maybe someone that is in your shoes that has, has performed at that level? What's a misconception that people have about what it takes to really continue to grow and connect with people? Uh, what have you seen in your experience that people kind of just automatically assume just because you have the title? Let me say this first. I'm a star. <laughs> I know that's right. I am a star. I was ready for all the publicity because I've wanted to be a speaker for so long. I was yeah. in Los Angeles at 23 practicing for Ellen in my living room and acting like I was already famous. You know, so these are things that I've already wished for myself. So that's the difference. When you become uh, the world champion of public speaking, there's no guide. There's no mm -hmm. blueprint. There's no map. It's at, it, your destiny is in your hands. When you get invitations from different countries and different districts to speak, you can say no. You don't have to say yes. You're not obligated. So that's one misconception is that when I become the world champion, do I have to travel all over the world? I have a family. I have a career. I have kids. What do I do? You don't. It is completely yeah. up to you. Another misconception is that you become a millionaire. After you win, Toastmasters is a nonprofit organization. That means that you do everything voluntarily. They will pay for your travel and perhaps your meals and your lodging, mm -hmm. but you don't get 10000 50000 to come speak. It is completely voluntary. Uh, that's another misconception. Another misconception is that anybody can do it or you get a book deal or mm. you get to be in all these magazines and things like that. It, it's really up to you. You have to take control and, and figure out what you want to do with it because you you never know. No, I don't think most of us don't expect it. That's why you don't know a lot of world champions. <laughs> yeah, that's, I can name that's very true. Five. Like I can name uh, Mark Brown, of course, Darren LaCroix. I can name Ed Tate. Uh, Lord, and, and a bunch of other ones, but you don't, you, this competition has been going on since 1938, I believe, or even mm -hmm. 1970s. I, I forget which one, but you can't name all the world champions because right. some people win and it's like, look, now nah, I'm cool. I think about, um, Aaron Beverly who won in 2019, like he's traveled, but he's not that guy who wants to be in the media. He's yeah. like, look, <laughs> I'm a regular dude. I give you some tips and then I'm done. <laughs> wow. That's so interesting. No, that, that, that adds a great perspective because you, you hear world champion 
and you have all of these automatic connotations you know what i mean so i really appreciate that i want to find out from you how have you had to be flexible because as you mentioned earlier you won the competition before covid-19 and you were continuing to just move along and then covid happened but then you still had to find your footing like everybody else. So how have you had to be flexible and how important is flexibility and adaptability to you in your personal and professional life? Now you have to because mm-hmm. everything is via Zoom or Skype or Google Meet or whatever you use, <laughs> whatever yeah. platform you use, you have to be. You have to be like that for your for your kids or for your college or for your schooling. And you have to be like that at work. And even if some of your family members may have gotten sick or, or, or if you had the virus, you couldn't meet with them in person. And if you wanted to see them, you had to get on to your computer or your laptop or your cell phone and, and get behind a camera. For yeah. me, in my business, I had to do a lot of things online because if I don't, then I'm not going to make any money. Nobody was at it when when the pandemic hit hard in 2020, like March of 2020, and mm-hmm. cities were shut down. Nobody's flying you out anywhere to, to come speak for an hour, and nobody's going to pay you the same amount to actually come fly to speak and then to get on a computer and speak. It's, yeah. it's not the same, you know, where I'm getting let's just say 5,000 for a speaking engagement, they'll give you 1,500 <laughs> via Zoom. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm still just Ramona J. Smith. I'm not Tony Robbins. I'm not Les Brown yet. So I, I had to in order to continue making money and, and coming into my business. However, if speaking wasn't a part of my business, mm-hmm. it, it probably would have been like, eh, I just got to do it for work or we have to have it do it for work. But for me, I was going to lose money if I didn't. So I had to figure out how to use. Well, I knew how to use Zoom, but I had to make sure I'm creating these Zoom meetings and make sure my background is good and make sure I learn the do's and don'ts of Zoom and things like that. And even signing up for that Zoom account where your meeting is not cut off at 40 minutes. So as a business owner, I had to what they call a pivot and and adapt. Otherwise, I was going to miss out on a lot of money. Got it. Yeah, I completely got it. Now, I want to ask you about your coaching real quick. And this can be a surface level answer because I know you don't want to give away all all your secrets. (laughs) But I know that you do offer coaching. Something that I'm specifically interested in are the lessons or maybe you can just talk about one lesson or something that you have really learned and realized from traveling all over the world, from meeting all of these different people, what's a lesson that really stuck with you that sometimes you bring into your coaching or your conversations that you really want to drive home when it comes to effective communication? Understanding that it's the human race. Mm. It is a human race. And no matter where I've been on this planet, even if I don't speak the same language as that person, we're going to connect in three ways. We're going to connect through laughter, through tears, and through food, period. Mm, like Whether that. I'm in India, Sri Lanka, Dubai, Brazil, uh, Ghana, it does not matter. If something is funny, we are all going to laugh. You don't need a translator for that. If something devastating happens, we're all going to shed a tear. And if it's some good smelling, good tasting food we are all going to indulge and eat and push back from the table when we're full (laughs) yes very true very true okay cool well i would like to know for anybody that wants to be 
on the world stage or wants to participate in Toastmasters, wants to compete, essentially a path similar to yours. What is one piece of advice that you have for them? Don't compare yourself to other people. Mm. Find your speaking style. Get comfortable with who you are on stage. Don't try to be the only the only names that are coming to me now are Tony Robbins or Les mm-hmm. Brown or Gary V. The comparison is the killer of joy. Yeah. Did so you struggle with that? I did not because, you know, I've been doing this for a while. Yeah. So I knew who I was and I was confident within myself, which is why I wanted, you know, started to, wanted to start competing in the first place. I was already confident in who I was. But there are a lot of new speakers who yeah. they watch other speakers and they try to mimic and they try to duplicate. Like, yeah. no, it's not going to come off as authentic. And people love that authenticity. And when you're genuine and when you are being yourself, I'm not saying don't learn things from other people. I'm just mm-hmm. saying be learn how to be yourself. Yeah, most definitely. Okay. Well, you know what, Ramona, as we are starting to wrap up this episode, you've shared a lot of insightful information. Like, I really enjoy this conversation and I'm so excited to really publish this but (laughs) i'd like to know from you if you had a soapbox and which is this is essentially a form of a soapbox if there's one lingering thing that you have on your heart it doesn't have to be related to public speaking could be whatever is coming to you right now if you have one thing that you want to share to those that are tuning in give us a word of advice what you got for me self-love self-care spend some time with yourself get to know yourself take yourself out on a date do Mm. some things for yourself that you enjoy for example i love wine and i love flowers yes i am about to get married in may however i'm not going to wait on my husband or expect him to give me flowers because i like them no i'll go get them myself because they make me happy so find out what makes you happy and what brings you joy and do more of that You won't be so sad. You won't be so depressed and you won't be so upset at others because you've let go of the expectation that it's other people's job to make you happy. And once you figure out how to make yourself happy and how to make yourself peaceful and how to forgive yourself and move on and how to become the best version of yourself, then you can really help other people. You can be a better father. You can be a better mother. You can be a better husband or wife. You can be a better friend, a better anything. But it all starts with the relationship that you have with yourself totally agree extremely well articulated i love it so ramona tell us about where we can find out more about you if we're interested in coaching we want to just find out just who you are and just dig a little deeper into what you have to offer where can we find you on the internet you can start at my website ramonajsmith.com you can email me at contact ramonajsmith at gmail.com you can get the web, the ebook. I'm sorry. You can get the ebook. It's on Amazon. It is a world champion's guide to public speaking. 10 optimal tips to master the art of public speaking. You can find me on Instagram at Ramona J. Smith one, and you can join my upcoming 10 day scale up startup speak up challenge. 
that mm. starts on March the 1st. So I hope you hear this before March the 1st so you can join us for that 10-day challenge. Awesome. I'm excited about that. Well, Ramona, thank you so much for your time and for your insight, for your energy, your laughter, your humor, all of that. It was definitely a pleasure talking to you, conversing with you, and I look forward to just following you as you continue to blaze the trail. And I know you initially said that you were not Tony Robbins or Les Brown yet, but listen, you're Ramona J. Smith and that's what the world needs. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. All right. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, everyone. I trust that you enjoyed that conversation between Ramona and me as much as I did. She hit the nail on the head. Y'all heard me. Sometimes I felt like she was just preaching to me. She knew exactly what she was talking about. But yeah, Ramona is an amazing person, an incredible leader, and just a down-to-earth human being. And I appreciate that we had the opportunity to really connect with her today. So be sure to check out her website, look at some of her books, her coaching sessions, some of her other work, and go on YouTube and watch her winning speech. Get you some of Ramona, the world champion of public speaking. All right. Well, if you haven't done so already, be sure to share this on social media. Share it with your colleagues, your family, your friends. Give a like and subscribe if you have not done so yet. And be sure to support Ramona, support myself, support those of us that are out here bringing this content to you so that we can enrich your life as much as we can. I love you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you for spending this time with me today. I hope that you have an amazing and incredible week. And until next time, this is your host, Enrico Amberster, signing off.